Welcome to Dietitian Boss. I'm Libby Rothschild, your host and fellow dietitian. I'm a coach to my fellow female colleagues all around the world. I help you get leads and turn prospective clients into paying customers using online marketing and social media strategies that focus on sales. Welcome. I'm here today with Dr. Heather Finley, registered dietitian nutritionist specializing in functional and integrative approaches to reduce gastrointestinal symptoms and mood issues by addressing the root cause and addressing nutritional lifestyle and stress-related factors. Heather created her in-person and virtual nutrition practice, Nourish Functional Health, to provide personalized nutrition and wellness solutions using cutting-edge science alongside evidence-based medical nutrition therapy. Heather niched down to gastrointestinal issues due to her own journey with GI issues and anxiety that for years was confusing and frustrating. Heather turned to one of the biggest Heather turned one of her biggest struggles into her passion and has helped hundreds of individuals find relief from gastrointestinal issues and live their best lives symptom-free with her integrative and personalized approach. Heather lives in Coppell, Texas, Coppell, Texas with her husband Dave and daughter Charlotte. Welcome, and let me know if I missed anything in that introduction, Heather. Thanks for having me. My social is gutbrain.nutritionist on Instagram, and I guess in addition to that, I supervise dietitians for CEDRD hours as well as just general supervision, and I have an online course that has CEU credits that goes over the gut-brain connection and um, clinical applications. Fantastic. Excellent. And we'll make sure to link all those resources in the show notes so that you all can have access and learn more about Heather and make sure to connect with her. So I have so many questions today. I'm excited to dive in deep and talk about your journey and your specialty and your process. So can you tell us a little bit about where you started out compared to where you are now in your journey? Sure. So I started my private practice on a complete whim uh, eight years ago. I was gifted a free office by a triathlon company, and they pretty much told me, here's an office. You can use it if you want to, and uh, we won't charge you rent. We just want to be able to say that we have a registered dietitian that is accessible to our athletes. So if you're in agreement with that, you can use our office. And so I pretty much started my private practice because someone asked me to. Um, I had no plan or purpose, just was in the triathlon world, loved doing triathlons, was working a clinical job and pretty miserable. So I thought it would be a good opportunity to kind of get out there and do something different. And it has definitely evolved over the years. I'm no longer working out of a free office in a triathlon company. And I've definitely pivoted and shifted over the years. I pivoted pretty hard into eating disorders and still see eating disorders. And then over the last couple of years have pivoted to more integrative approaches to nutrition through my training and my doctorate program, and now see a lot of gut issues as well as mood issues. I love that intro. And let, I just want to take a moment to talk a little bit about when you started out and you were gifted that office. In that experience, what did you learn? Were, were you Did you have resources to help support you kind of paving your own way or how did you make that work at the time? Was it like a side thing or how did you seek mentorship, if at all? 
Yeah, it was a total side thing. I was so busy. I was working a clinical job full time. I was in grad school and I was also competing in triathlon. So I really didn't have like a ton of extra time, but I knew I wanted to get into private practice. So when the owner of the triathlon company approached me and said, hey, would you be willing to work with some people on like training, fueling and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I jumped at the opportunity because I did want to get out of my clinical job, but I think because it kind of caught me by surprise, I had seriously no plan, no structure, and just kind of started on a whim. So just started seeing people that wanted to see me through the office, didn't have a website, didn't do any marketing, and probably not the best way to start your private practice, but it seemed to work for a little while. And then I started taking it more seriously when I realized that I really enjoyed it and actually ended up going and seeking mentorship for seeing eating disorder patients because I was very interested in that. Ended up moving my office probably a year or two later, and that's kind of where it really started. I'm impressed that you didn't let anything hold you back and you didn't say, you didn't make excuses like, oh, I need a website first or I need A, B, and C first. I love that you just took that opportunity because I feel like that is similar to how maybe there have been other things like, you know, really focusing on Instagram and marketing later that you've applied that same kind of mindset to just take action. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd agree. I think I've always kind of been someone that's excited about a new opportunity and kind of will go full bore ahead. And so I just went for it and it worked out and you know, it would not be the advice that I would necessarily give a new dietitian wanting to start a private practice that just, you know, meet in a random office in a triathlon company, but it really was great. And it really did give me a good launching pad to where I am now. But you know, I had no idea about business, no idea about kind of any of the nooks and crannies of running a private practice, just kind of showed up and started seeing clients and figured it out as I went along. So it was interesting. Okay. And then if we take a look at, at that uh, back eight years ago with that opportunity, and then now, now you have a virtual practice. You want to talk a little bit about like the condition of what you have now? Yeah. So after I worked in the triathlon company, I went and sought out an actual office and saw um, clients in a brick and mortar for years. And I still see clients in a brick and mortar, but I'm slowly phasing that out. Most of my practice is now virtual. So I see people from all over the country and out of the country for a variety of gut-related issues. And you know, as far as the business is concerned, I have so much more direction, focus, structure, as I've kind of implemented um, a lot of the stuff that we've worked on and created different systems and processes to help. Can can you talk a little bit about having a, an associate or somebody work under you in the group practice environment? Cause I think I know so many dietitians love that and they feel scared. If you could just maybe lend a little bit of, of insight on that. Sure. So when I went on maternity leave after I had my daughter, I ended up hiring a girl, I guess not hiring, I I hired a contractor to work for my company. And she saw my patients while I was on maternity leave. And over that time, I've now hired another contractor who works for me virtually. And it's great. It's nice to be to have a team member. It's nice to have someone to kind of consult cases on. It's also I love supervising dietitians. So that is really fun as well. And 
it's definitely needed kind of as the practice has grown too. And so also from a financial standpoint, how does having somebody under you help you with your bottom line of revenue and impact? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was on maternity leave, it was great because I wasn't making zero money. I was making money from the contractor that was working for me. And then as I've continued to scale, it's freed up time that I can work on marketing or take discovery calls or do other things related to the business, you know, while I have contractors working with me. For those of you listening who are in your mind thinking that this is goals, it's possible to have somebody work under you and to create systems and processes because Heather's saying that she has people under her following her method that she supervises and, and works with, and she's able to you know still earn revenue from that indirectly and, and get take a percentage of that. And that's something that all of us can do if we want to. And that's truly a fantastic way to scale because there's only one of us and to be able to take what you do in your philosophy and expand it and help more people, like this is a great way to do it in a group practice setting. Have you, do you want to go down and and talk about any kind of like thing you've learned from that experience? Sure. I've learned a lot. I think, you know, it is so great to have a contractor, but there's probably a lot of things that you know, I didn't know going into it, just a lot of kind of the legal implications, obviously. But I think the other thing that I've learned is when you have someone that's representing your brand, you have to be very particular and you also have to provide support because at the end of the day, it's your name on it. And so obviously you want to be picky when it comes to who you're hiring and who you're training. But like continuing to foster that relationship and provide support as they're working with you so that the company kind of continues in the way that you want it to. Yeah. And that is so difficult for so many dietitians who want to hire someone under them or want to have contractors, but they kind of struggle with delegation or thinking about how to manage it. So I hope that your story Uh, is inspiring for those listening, whether they're in the beginning stage and they don't think it's possible or they're in the intermediate and advanced stage and they're just scared Uh, because it is scary having somebody expand your philosophy. But if you really, you know, the bottom line of what you're doing to create more impact and income, like replicating how you do it is really important. Um, Yeah. And I mean, it it comes down to like really hiring great people. The girl that is a contractor with me now, she's fantastic And we work together really well and I have complete confidence in her. And I think at the end of the day, that gives me so much peace of mind. So, you know, taking the time up front, I think saves you a lot down the road as well. And yeah, and hiring good people. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of uh, having, you know, help and support and creating a structure that can help you scale, can you talk a little bit about what your philosophy is? Sure. So my philosophy has definitely changed over the years, especially when I went to my doctorate program, I learned a lot more about integrative and functional nutrition. And I utilize a lot of those things um, when working with clients. And that's kind of where my interest in the gut brain started, just seeing the body as one and how everything kind of works together. And so I definitely believe in kind of a mind body spirit approach and that Nutrition is not just what you eat. It is also things that you consume, what you're watching, your stress levels, your exercise levels. And so when working with clients, it's so important to take a look at the whole picture because you could really nail down, you know, what they're eating to 
affect their digestive condition. But if you're not taking a look at sleep or stress or exercise or even relationships, then you're not going to make progress. And I think that has been really transformative in my practice because, you know, I, I see people with really chronic gut issues and oftentimes it's not food, it's something else. And yes, food is part of it, but there's so many other things that affect the gut, like the brain and sleep and everything else. So I really believe in kind of a whole body approach to wellness. And then in addition to that, kind of as I've worked with so many eating disorder clients, I definitely incorporate a lot of intuitive eating and mindful eating as well, just because that definitely affects health. You know, I'm very kind of anti-diet, I guess, in my approach as far as, you know, trying to include as many foods as possible, not being on a restrictive diet um, and allowing people to feel free with food and have food not be a stressful or scary thing. Yeah. And so that philosophy is in your course, in your group practice, and then that's what your associate is also following as well as a representation of your brand. Is that correct? Yes. That's fantastic. It's truly incredible to be able to take that approach and be able to, you know, really scale it with the course and, and, and an associate in addition to what you do with your clients. So thank you for sharing that. And I know there's a lot of integrative uh, practitioners who listen and who I've worked with in the past. So I appreciate how you're tying in the intuitive and mindful with the integrative and whole body approach. Can you tell us a little bit about more in depth about your niche and just the types of people that you work with and maybe a little bit of evolution from when you started out and how your niche has evolved? Yeah, absolutely. So when I first started, like I said at the beginning, I was seeing triathletes and athletes and I was an athlete myself. So that felt natural to me. I was a swimmer um, in college and my whole life. And so working with athletes just felt normal. Um, but over time that has definitely evolved. I do see some athletes still with disordered eating, but that's definitely a very small part. My main focus is clients with gut related issues. So IBS, IBD, SIBO, and then also gut issues that are a result of disordered eating and eating disorders, which all kind of end up going together. So it's definitely evolved over the years, but it's kind of all built on top of each other. And I've been able to kind of take things from all the, the clients that I've seen to help kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. And if you could just walk us through then with your niche and who, who you help with gut, and it sounds like gut disordered eating and then a little bit of uh, still the, the athlete people who might not be the majority of who you see, but they're still there. How do you create a package or an offering for these people? And if you could just talk a little bit about that process and offer creation. Sure. So I have a three-month program and I work with people throughout that time on a lot of the things that I mentioned before, food, stress, sleep, lifestyle. I offer different types of testing. Um, and really the package that I've created is geared towards gut issues because I've niched down to that. So I'm not really marketing towards disordered eating or eating disorder clients anymore. If I do get those clients, it's from a referral, not from any of the marketing that I've been doing. So all of my offers and the packages that I've created are specifically geared towards clients with gut issues because that is what I want to see and have been seeing. And that's what my marketing is for. 
super clear. I love it. And so what you're saying, and this is a common misconception too, like, oh, if I niche down to gut, I might not get eating disorder. But I think what you're saying, if I'm correct here, is that they're still coming. You're just not explicitly marketing to them, but they still know you like you trust you and buy from your company or group practice, whether it's you, your course, or your associate. Yeah. And that was a huge fear that I had. I know we had a lot of conversations about that. I do love working with eating disorders and I was kind of afraid to like take it off my website or just take it out of any of my marketing, but it's crazy that they still keep coming, whether it's through a referral or just someone who sends me a DM and says, I've struggled with an eating disorder and now I have gut issues. Do you work with this type of patient? And so, yeah, that was definitely a fear that I would completely lose all those clients. But just because you niche to something so specific does not mean that that's the only thing that you're going to see or the only people that are going to message you. I think that'll be a quote for like a post or something. I can already <laughs> feel it. That was super powerful. And that I get that question a lot. It's, it's, all, it's all coming from fear, you know, and I, I understand that. But thank you for sharing that story uh, with us. Um, okay, second question would be, talk to us about going from single sessions to packages and how that has affected your business. Again, maybe a little bit of fear, a little bit of like revenue talk. Yeah, so that was so transformative to me. I know we had so many discussions about, you know, switching to packages. And honestly, it took me so long to just rip the bandaid off and do it. But it was the best thing that I could possibly have done for my clients as well as for myself. When I was operating under a single session model, it was very stressful because somebody would come to me and I felt like I had to tell them everything that I knew in one hour. Otherwise, they weren't going to have the information or the answers that they needed. And I think that's just the people pleaser in me wanting to like provide value and provide service and make sure that they were satisfied. But the reality is that you can't, that's, that's overwhelming to a patient. You can't tell them everything you know in an hour and you can't fix their gut problems in an hour. It takes time to kind of build on these things. So not only has switching packages given me a lot less stress in sessions to feel like I don't have to tell them everything that I know. But also I think it's helped my clients. I think consistency and accountability are so important for positive outcomes. And so if someone is not seeing me consistently, yet they're struggling with these issues that they're coming for, um, they're not going to get the result that they want without adequate follow-up. So the packages have been so great. And it's also financially been great as well. As far as predictability, I know how many clients I have. I know how many clients I have per week. So as far as my stress level, it is so much lower. And then I think, you know, my clients are also extremely happy about it as well. That's incredible. It's such an inspiring story uh, to talk about how it's twofold, right? It's, it's always, it's for the client, but it's also for the bottom line of the business because you have to have those two factors have to work in tandem. And so just yeah. a little bit, uh, just one, one more question about that. When it comes to the fear part, since we talked about the fear part with marketing and, and niching down, what do you think helped you kind of progress to that? Was it something you saw or did or repetition? Because I get the outcome and the benefit of doing it, but how did you go from being scared to actually doing it? Um, well, a lot of accountability from you, <laughs> a lot of accountability from my husband. And I think just recognizing the value in that and realizing like what I'm doing is actually better for everybody. Like, you know, making the choice to do is go from single sessions to a package 
it's not hurting anybody. It's helping everybody. So like, why are you scared of this? And I think a lot of the fear was about losing patients or having people be upset or I can't afford that or, you know, whatever kind of the, the thought would be, but it's gone better than I could have imagined. And it's like been received very well and also decreased a lot of stress. So a lot of accountability is how I got there. (laughs) That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to, now that we've talked about fear marketing a little bit about niche marketing, and then we've discussed the, you know, the offer piece, of course, I want to talk about social media and your um, inspiring, you know, the, how you use social media in your business. And if you could just talk a little bit about the evolution of that process. Yeah, I just have to laugh because when I first started using social media actually as a business and marketing tool, I had no clue what I was doing. And I would just post random pictures of my dog or pictures of my garden, which, you know, is nice. But I did not, before I started working with you, I did not understand like how to use it as a business tool. And so it's just funny to kind of look back like, I have a very clear direction. Every single post that I make is specific to my avatar or my ideal client. I know who I'm talking to. I think before I was trying to talk to everybody, but instead I was talking to nobody um, and just kind of hoping for the best and nothing was happening. And so now I have a very clear direction, a strategy. I know who I'm talking to and it's, going well, um, a lot better than I would have ever expected. So it's been not only really fun and kind of helpful as far as kind of the creative side of my brain, but it's, it's also been challenging. It's totally kind of outside my realm. You know, at first, like being on stories was super uncomfortable and now it's kind of fun. So it's just, I think it's grown me in a way that I didn't expect. I, I appreciate that feedback. And if you could just talk for the, the listeners there who have that brain where they like to know the specific outcome, what has that gotten you? Leads, sales, increased email lists, like if we were to just kind of define the outcome of your efforts with clarifying how you're marketing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So since actually clarifying my marketing efforts, I've tripled my social media following, I've doubled my email list. And you know, none of that actually matters unless you're really like making sales. So I've actually gotten clients from Instagram. I get DMs almost every day, people asking about what I do. And I get several discovery calls a week for people that are interested in working with me. So that's been really cool to see. I had no idea really that that was even possible. Is incredible and inspiring. And for those of you who are listening that are in the gut space, remember Heather offers a mentorship opportunity. So if you want to learn how to specifically do, you know, if you want to learn, is that what, that's what you do, right? Heather, you show them, you teach them with a gut about gut brain connection. Yes. Yeah. So my so, course is a like seven module course that um, has CEU credits. So Yeah. So for those of you listening who want to be able to dive in on actually getting clear with what that means in the gut space, definitely reach out to Heather and look at her resources because I would say there's a lot of layers here as to why Heather is successful, but really focusing on understanding like gut and how you show value in that um, space and how you're talking to your ideal client and solving her pain points. And that's all based on your knowledge and experience with 
you know, the integrative approach to gut health. Um, so I just want to make sure I have so many gut health listeners, so many uh, new dietitians that are interested in that. And so many clients in my group programs that I've worked with, like I'd say almost a dozen that would love to learn more about the um, in-depth behind the scenes of the actual subject matter. Because I do feel like a lot of people hold themselves back and they think, I don't know enough about the subject. I'm not an expert uh, to market myself on Instagram. So I I just want to answer all of those questions when when you come to me and you say, I'm not strong enough in SIBO or I don't know enough about gut. Well, here, here, learn here. Or I don't know how to market. Okay, grab my free workbook. You know, there's a solution to all of the, you know, things that dietitians say that's holding them back from getting the results that you've been able to get. Yeah. And just to kind of piggyback off of that, like I was there when I graduated from my undergrad, you know, I struggled with gut issues my entire life. And, you know, part of the reason that I wanted to go into nutrition was to solve my own problems and went through college and honestly didn't learn a ton about how to solve my own problems. A lot of it was like additional research and training that I did on top of my undergraduate, you know, my doctorate program, I think really prepared me for that. But like seeking mentorship, whether, you know, whoever it's from, I think provides value because you just don't learn everything in undergrad. Nutrition is an evolving science. And so you have to be willing to continually learn and seek out, you know, whatever resources possible. Cause I know I kind of, I felt very unprepared to do a lot of things when I first graduated and like continuing to kind of enhance your education is so powerful. So. Absolutely. As a part of the, the regular self-development journey. And I, I also want to talk with social media. You do a really good job now that you mentioned your story of in your captions and in your posts talking about your experiences and your transformation with your gut issues and your clients and how both your gut issues and the help of you know transforming clients is a part of your marketing message. Do you feel that connecting your story has helped you relate and build the know, like, and trust with your audience on social media? Absolutely. I think because I've been there, I get it. And I know how frustrating and confusing gut issues can be. I think gut issues is such a hot topic right now. And so in a way that's good. And in a way it's also hard for the consumer because there is so much information to sift through. So because I've been there and experienced it, I think it provides kind of a good sounding board and, you know, relatability as far as, you know, what they're experiencing and what I've been through. Yeah. And then would you say when it comes to selling on social, because we talked about building your email list and increasing your following, and then we also talked about landing discovery calls and actually, you know, taking a prospect into a paying client is if you were to define that in, you know, a few sentences, how would you explain the way that you're able to do it with your clients or with the prospects to make them become a client? Would you say it's just being clear? Like, what is it that's really, truly helping you market and sell? I think a lot of it goes back to like providing a solution to their problems, you know? So if they truly see that you have the solution to what they're dealing with, they want to work with you because I mean, if you've ever struggled with gut issues, it's horrible and it's very isolating. And so I think a lot of the people that end up coming to me are so desperate and want to feel better. And so if you can offer them hope that they could feel better you know, they're willing to talk to you and see what you have to offer. And I think that can be translated to really any niche, but like specific to mine, you know, people are, are really ready 
to, to feel better and they want to find a solution to their problems. So if, if you can offer that to them, they definitely want to talk to you. Yeah. And just, you're so clear in the way you describe that and knowing and being so familiar with your Instagram feed. I know you do that as you tell stories and you provide inspiration and hope. And I think those are all, you know, for those of you listening, whether you're in a gut niche or not, I think those are all aspects of marketing that you can apply in your own business uh, to really build the know, like, and trust and help you sell faster and um, feel like you're creating more impact with the people who you're trying to serve. Yeah. Okay. A couple final questions here. Um, talk to us. I know we, we started talking about this a little bit before we started airing that or before we started recording here. How do you manage all of this being a mom with in Charlotte, your daughter, she's under, she's under two, right? She's 16 months. Yeah. So how do you do it? I don't do it alone. So I have mom friends. I have an incredible husband. I have incredible family. And honestly, it wouldn't be possible without them. So I don't pretend like I can do it on my own. um, And I definitely don't do it on my own. But uh, kind of on the other side of that, what we were laughing about before is I, I think just becoming a mom has taught me so much about like what is truly important and what what I value at that time. And obviously values can change depending on your season of life. But right now, like my values are my daughter and my family and obviously my business too. And so I do say no to a lot of things that just don't fit, which does mean saying no to people that I want to spend time with, but I just can't right now um, because that's not a priority Um, And not to say that that won't be at some point, but I've really just kind of had to figure out like, what is truly important to me right now? What do I actually have time for? That was a huge lesson for me. I think just in the last 16 months, pretty much since Charlotte's been alive is I used to be a yes person. If you asked me to do something, I would say yes. And now I say no way more than I say yes, because I realized like saying yes to other people was saying no to myself or to my family. And so it's like very powerful to to learn to say no. So, you know, I manage my time one by cutting things out that I just don't have time for and prioritizing what is truly important. And then also just, I have really great support at home and outside of my home. And so that is very important as well. I love that. I love the reflection about saying no. And I think that's helpful for both those of you listening who are a mom or, or those who aren't and who might want to be, or even if you don't want to be managing your time and um, being clear with your priorities, like you, you can't move forward if you don't do that. There are varying levels of how you do that, but I love how uh, clear you are about saying no and understanding your priorities and the support system too. Yes. Wonderful. All right. So as we wrap up here, two more questions. Um, what have been some of the best investments that have helped you grow your business? And then I want to wrap up talking a little bit about fears with money. Okay. Well, some of the best investments uh, that I that have helped me grow my business, one, investing with you as a business coach, I think has been truly instrumental. Um, it's helped me get extremely clear on what I'm doing, have a plan, have a purpose, have systems in place. It's been so valuable and helpful. I would highly recommend it to anybody. And then honestly, the other thing that has been extremely helpful as far as helping me to create boundaries for myself is therapy. Uh, A lot of me learning to say no was working with a therapist who 
held me accountable to say no because I was so burnt out and so kind of run down from doing all the things all the time. And so that has been a huge investment in myself. So I would say those are probably the two biggest, um, most helpful investments. And then as far as my fears, um, I think we all kind of struggle with this, but imposter syndrome is, it still creeps up, but it's not as bad as it used to be, I would say. I think just in my nature, I want to help everybody and I, I want to provide everyone with the resources that they need, but that was holding me back from one, charging my worth and my value, but also just, you know, trying to see too many clients all the time. You know, I was, it's just too much. So I think the biggest fears around like charging more were like upsetting people. Um, and then I think just imposter syndrome too of like, am I worth this? Um, do, will people pay for this? Um, is this a valuable service? And just like a lot of self-doubt. So working through that has been helpful and realizing I do know what I'm talking about and I can provide someone with excellent um, care and help people, you know, recover from gut issues and help them to live the life that they want, you know, free from symptoms. So yeah. Incredible. Uh, thank you so much for sharing all of this value and your journey. And for those of you listening, make sure to connect with Heather on social media, give her a follow, um, shoot her a message. And if you are looking for some type of mentorship, reach out to her and talk to her about what she has to offer you. Thank you again, Heather, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining today's episode. If you'd love to learn more about how to get leads online and turn prospective customers into clients, apply for my coaching. I still have a wait list. Go ahead and visit LibbyRothschild.com. That's www.LibbyRothschild.com. Go under signature service and apply for my wait list.